0: Robots Radio presents. Hey, everybody, welcome into the podcast. We are back with another special bonus episode. Bonus episode. This is, to be honest, kind of a last minute bonus episode. We have been, you know, looking at all of our friends, all of our acquaintances on Instagram. And what I've been seeing during this time of crisis in this pandemic is that a lot of people have been highlighting their local distilleries. It seems like in a moment like this, when small businesses are shutting down and and really with an uncertain future, People are choosing to highlight craft distillers right now, and we thought, what a great idea that might be for us to try. So what we're going to do today, Brad, is we've picked a couple of whiskeys that actually I picked up when I was on a weekend vacation last year. We went to Erie, Pennsylvania just for the weekend, which is a beautiful area. Have you ever been there before?
1: You know, you're a poor former grad student when your idea of vacation is going to Erie, Pennsylvania. Dude, we have a toddler. We can't go very far. No, man, I honestly I don't blame you. Uh. I have been to Erie, PA once, um, and there is a state park right on the uh, edge of the lake that yep. has a lot of yep. really beautiful beaches. And I played in an ultimate Frisbee beach tournament there over a whole weekend, and it was a
0: blast.
1: So, yeah, so, I- I'm
0: a big fan of Erie. It's a really cool area. Um, and, and right over the border in New York, especially, there is a ton of vineyards. It's really, really I don't know, fertile ground for winemaking, apparently. And a lot of these vineyards have also started to convert to making other things like beer and spirits. And so I reached out to a couple distilleries up there, and we were lucky enough to get samples from two distilleries. One of them is called Cart Horse Distillery, which comes from Edinburgh, Pennsylvania. And the other one is 5 and 20 Spirits, which is a small craft distiller that is making waves uh, right over the border in New York. So we're going to try 5 and 20's Bourbon and Rye, and we're going to try Cart Horse's Red Wheat Whiskey. And while we sip on these whiskeys, Brad, these small craft distillers, you and I are going to talk about our favorite local distillery. And then we're actually going to throw to some phone calls from some of our friends that come from the Instagram community, our Discord page, people who are calling in to highlight their favorite local spots. I think this is going to be a really fun episode and hopefully uh, bring some light to these smaller craft distillers that we all have around us. So, Brad, let's start with you. I know that we, you know, we live in Ohio. Ohio is really starting to boom when it comes to distillers. We have high-end distillers now. We have really tiny, like micro distilleries. You live in the Columbus area. There's a few around you that I know of. But what would be your favorite distillery in that area?
1: Honestly, Bob, it can be hard sometimes to get out to all of the amazing, you know, breweries and wineries and distilleries that are in, you know, central Ohio and northeast Ohio. There's just a lot going on. Um, but honestly, my favorite local distillery down here in Columbus has to be Watershed. It's one of the first distilleries to really open up in Ohio. If you go back, I was able to interview Josh Gandy, uh, the director of beverages there. And we talked a lot about how the boom in Ohio for distilleries kind of started, you know, that some legal precedents began to be changed, um, that the laws were being morphed so that we could actually have true distilleries that we could have true awesome experiences at them. And Watershed was on the forefront of that. Uh, one of my favorite things that they make is they're old fashioned in a bottle. Bob, I am telling you, man, all you have to do is pour this bad boy out and you have a beautiful bourbon whiskey that tastes like an old fashioned. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is pour it out and your guests will be impressed. I, it's a really, really good whiskey. Um, But yeah, the watershed is just doing great stuff in the Columbus area, and I really love the whiskey they're putting out.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, hey, why don't we throw to a voicemail and see where our first caller wants to highlight, Brad?
2: Hey, guys. Austin here with Bourbon to talk about one of my favorite local distilleries here in Gonzales, Louisiana. It's called Sugarfield Spirits. These guys are awesome. Two guys who helped my bourbon study out a lot with just tours and trying their product. Currently, they're making some fantastic rum, a uh, white rum, some uh, funky Jamaican and Brazilian style rums. They are sourcing a bourbon, which again, they have great taste in this sourcing, completely transparent about it. And they are working on making their own bourbon and other types of whiskey, single malt whiskey and all that, that'll be ready in a few years. But I definitely want to share them and shout them out because they jumped on the as soon as this uh, outbreak happened, they started making hand sanitizer. One of the owners is a doctor at a local hospital and immediately started making hand sanitizer, donating a bunch of it. And then finally, uh, he's giving out to the public as well.
0: All right, Brad, we are going to try the first in our series of three whiskeys here today. I want to start with this five and 20. This is just a really cool spot. It started off as a place called Mazza Wines. The family is this good Italian winemaking family, and their son, Mario Mazza, has just continued to add to his resume. He got a degree in enology uh, in Australia. He was studying winemaking down there. He came back here, started up the distilling side of this whole production, and It's really cool to see how some of these craft distillers know each other. Because when I visited, I, I took a tour with Mario. He showed me all around. We started talking about Sonoma distilling in California. I had talked about how he just had them on the show. He said he knew the guy really, really well. And so when I went to leave, he gave me these two fifths of their product. And these are just in absolutely beautiful bottles. We have their bourbon whiskey and their rye. Right now, we're trying the bourbon. Brad, I will say as we try this bourbon, that uh, the specs on it are that it is 70 percent corn, 15 rye and 15 barley malt. So no wheat in this. And it's only aged for 24 months. So we're talking a straight whiskey. I have a sense that it's probably going to smell and maybe taste a little bit young. What are you picking up on this, Brad?
1: Yeah, Bob, the, you, you're exactly right. The the whiskey smells young. Um, it has some interesting caramely notes. There's a little hint of vanilla, but there is that almost astringent young smell to
0: it um that you get when you only age a whiskey for twenty four months. Yeah, absolutely. I will say though that like one of the things I like I do like about younger smelling whiskies is you get these fruit notes that tend to dissipate with more aging. Like this one has some really, really good pear and citrus on it for me. I like the nose, but you're right, it does smell young, so let's give it a sip and see what we think. Honestly I'm getting a little bit of pepper on it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, honestly, that, that note that I got at the end, the pepper, I don't know if it's just because I noticed it at the very end right before I tasted it, but that pepper is coming through really strong on the flavor and on the finish.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, this definitely does taste young to me, Brad. It's it's really thin, and, and really the only characteristic that I'm getting is that spice. It has a lot of pepper notes on it, but there's not a lot of sweetness to it. I will say this. When I was at the distillery, first of all, uh, Mario was... One of the coolest guys I've ever been around in terms of uh, distillery owners. He just showed me all around their brewery. He gave me a bunch of beer while we were touring. He told me, too, that his favorite product that they're producing is their rye. And their rye has actually started winning awards. And as far as I remember, you know, from last August, I really preferred their rye to their bourbon. The bourbon is not bad. I just I think it probably needs to be aged some more to really bring out some of that character. I'm really excited to get into trying this rye, though, Brad. Well, I mean, Luke
1: wasn't a Jedi master, you know, when he found Obi-Wan and found out that, you know, he could be a Jedi. Absolutely. I mean, it t- it takes a little bit of time to get there.
0: <laughs> All right, Brad, what do you say we throw to another listener and see who they want to highlight for their local distillery? Hi, this is Brian Donge, bourbon on my porch on Instagram. Uh, currently, my favorite craft distillery that's uh, somewhat local to me is Sagamore Spirits. Um, they're located about two hours south of me in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I was supposed to be going down there for a tour, um, you know, back in March, but uh, COVID hit, so unfortunately, we weren't able to make it down there. The two bottles from them that I've tried are their straight rye and double oak. Both are delicious. The straight oak, um, you know, has hints of uh, herbal notes and uh, mint, and it's uh, super tasty, either uh, neat or in a cocktail. The double oak is what I like to tell people: uh, it's like a rye for bourbon drinkers. You get some of that rice spice, but also get the sweet characteristics that are, you know, uh, favorable for a bourbon drinker. So that's about it for me. Cheers. All right, Brad, we are ready to get into our second whiskey here today, and that is going to be our Cart Horse Distillery Red Wheat Whiskey. Now, this is not a bourbon. This is a wheat whiskey, meaning that the primary ingredient in this is wheat, not corn. And this particular whiskey is aged one day In the barrels that they put it in, they do not put it in for very long. So like bourbon, you know, bourbon doesn't actually have an aging requirement. You can put whiskey in a barrel for two seconds, drain it out, and you can call it bourbon. That's pretty much what they did with this red wheat whiskey here, though. But I'm kind of surprised at how much color this thing got for being in there for just one day, Brad. Yeah, apparently 24 hours is all it takes to get a really nice, soft, golden color. What is this smell? The nose on this is super interesting. I mean, it smells like wheat for sure. But it has a hint of something that I can't quite place right now.
1: I was going to say, Bob, I I don't want to complain here, but I feel like we've been drinking lots and lots of bourbon lately. And I will say that this is a refreshing change. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on the the nose here, but it is an interesting... It it almost reminds me of kind of like a really
0: refreshing cream soda. Hmm. Do you know what I'm picking up on this, Brad? It smells like... If you've ever been like apple picking, it smells like like apple peel. It smells like the inside of like when you go into where someone is making apple cider or if you go into like buy your apples after you pick them off the tree. It has that really distinct woody and apple smell to it, but not like, you know, like apple sauce. It has the like the distinct smell of like what you pick off an apple tree. If you smell the outside of a really ripe apple, I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's really sweet and it's really fruity. I, I I like it a lot, too, Bob. Well, let's give it a sip, Brad.
0: That's not bad. I don't mind this at all. It tastes like apple peel, too. I get a lot of apple in this. I was
1: going to say this almost tastes like an apple cider version of whiskey. Hmm. Interesting. Would you say that's a fair? Yeah. I mean, it's not flavored, though. Like, this is just naturally coming out of the grain. Yeah, no, I mean, and, you know, hopefully your apple cider isn't flavored either. <laughs> but, uh yeah, Bob, I, I, I think it's an interesting flavor. I'm not jiving it, with it very much. Interesting. Uh, I, I, I thought on the nose that I would like it, but as I drank it, on the palate, it kind of was like a sour green apple, Um, and then it just finished more and more sour for me, and I... Hmm.
0: I'm not a big fan of this. This is a very different type of whiskey than we're used to drinking. I mean, this is not Irish. This is not scotch. This is wheat whiskey. And I really, really like this. I was and I'm kind of surprised by how much I like this, Brad. You know, I will say that we are always grateful when distilleries give us free product. And I reached out to probably five distilleries in this area and, and two of them responded positively saying, we'll give you a sample. It turned out that Cart Horse Distillery was about 45 minutes away from where we were staying. And so I drove an hour and a half round trip. To pick up these samples from them. And look, they were generous enough to give us a sample, Brad. And I will never, ever complain about people giving us samples. But Bob, how big was that <laughs> sample? I walked in and they gave me one 50 milliliter sample to split between the two of us. Uh, and again, good stuff. I'm very grateful for it. But I probably would have preferred to have not made an hour and a half round trip to pick up this thing that I could have gotten for about $5 or less uh, at a local liquor store. But, Brad, I have to say this kind of makes it worth it to me. I really like this product. I like it a lot more than I expected to for such. a This place was tiny and what they're turning out is pretty unique. I was going to say, at the very least, I, I'm not a big fan of it,
1: but it is very unique. Mm-hmm. And I, I would suggest people try it just to say, hey, man, this is a very different whiskey and you ought to expand your horizons. All right, Brad, let's
0: get into another phone call. What do you say?
1: Hey guys, Tyler, Waco Bourbon here. Just wanted to shout out our local distillery, Balcones. Appreciate all you've done uh, for making hand sanitizer and then also still doing the limited releases even while we've been shut down. If you haven't gone by the distillery yet and you're in Central
0: Texas, go on by. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. All right. So before we go any further, Brad, I want to talk about my local distillery that I want to highlight. Northeast Ohio is actually really starting to get quite a few distilleries, the most notorious of which is the Cleveland Whiskey brand, which was actually our very first interview. We sat down with Tom Licks, their CEO. We have one now called Western Reserve Distillers, which is really making some waves. All their stuff is organic. It's very high end. Um, We hope to have them on next season. But the one that I want to highlight was one of our very first interviews. It was from a really small micro distillery down in Worcester, Ohio, and it was from Minglewood Distilling Company. Their bourbon, as it sat on my shelf over the last seven, eight months, has aged beautifully. Like it has mellowed out so well. It's very young. It's only two year bourbon. Uh, but it ended up having this really great bubble gum nose to it, like cotton candy. It was just a super sweet bourbon that it was a really nice change of pace when I didn't feel like drinking barrel proof or anything like that anymore. I really could not be more impressed with what they're doing down there in Worcester. So I want to give a shout out to Minglewood. And it was really great to sit down with their owner, Mark Morrison, and talk about his favorite movie, uh, Shawshank Redemption. He talked about how he had worked at the prison for a while. Super enlightening interview, and we could not be more grateful for that bottle of whiskey that they gave to us.
1: Yeah, Bob, I I remember that interview with uh, Mr. Morrison. And man, what a great guy. What a great distillery. I really need to make my way up to Worcester and check them out sometime.
0: But for now, let's get to another call. All right, so we are going to get into drinking our last whiskey of the day. And I think, Brad, we may have saved the best for last when it comes to public opinion, because this 5 and 20 spirits rye has been making huge waves. Now, like before I'd gone into the distillery, I didn't know anything about them. And over the last year, their rye has been in national publications. This is a rye that is aged for 24 months. So it's still a fairly young whiskey. However, I've had multiple distillers tell me that they think that rye reaches maturity way quicker than bourbon does. The mash bill in this is 80% New York-grown rye and 20% malt aged in new charred American oak barrels. This thing, I just saw it featured back in February on WineEnthusiast.com. They had a list of the 10 ryes you should try right now, and this one was featured in there. It got 89 points out of 100. So I'm really excited to try this, Brad. I feel like we lucked into something that has started to blow up over the last year or so.
1: Yeah, Bob, we we have not drank a rye in quite some time, and... I am excited to get into this. Rye's have so many unique oddities compared to bourbon, mm-hmm. and and it's just such a fun whiskey to
0: move into. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad to get back into the world of rye. Me too. Uh, you know, with rye's, I, I'm hit or miss on them because I feel like sometimes rye's can really mellow into this beautiful, sweet uh, alternative to bourbon and that corn taste you get. Sometimes rye's get really harsh and bitter, and you, they taste more like rye bread, that, that sour, almost yeasty kind of taste that, that comes with the rye bread and you never really know what you're getting until you try it. So, Brad, what are you picking up on the nose of this 5 and 20 rye? Honestly, Bob, it's been so long since we
1: drank a rye. I'm just going to be real simplistic. It smells like rye. It does. I I mean, it's got a beautiful, beautiful nose. It's not overpowering, but
0: it's just that hint of spiciness that attracts people to this type of whiskey. For sure. I mean, and if I could use a word to describe it, it smells kind of soft. It smells more florally. It smells more fruity. It doesn't smell like a really harsh, bitter rye, which I think really bodes well for this. Brad, I'm going to give it a sip. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's really oh, good. That's that's some good, good whiskey. Holy cow. Up front, front of my palate, really sweet. Middle of my palate, you start to get the spice. Back end of the palate and the finish, you get the the rye notes. Like you taste the grain. And so it's like everything you want from a rye back to back to back. Sweetness is there. Not super harsh. Spice is there. Not super harsh. Rye flavor is there. Not super lasting. Like, man, this is good. This might be the best rye I've ever had. I'll tell you what, like I I do like some variety in my ryes. I really liked the few rye that we had, which I think was way more soft. Definitely had a younger taste to it. But was more floral in character. This has a little bit of a it packs a little bit of a punch. It's got some spice to it. You get just a, a tiny amount of a hug going down. It, it is 90 proof, so it's not like it's been watered down, you know, beyond belief, but it's a manageable proof. Yeah, Bob, honestly, I I think that this is one of the best
1: balanced whiskies I've ever had. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot going on mm-hmm. in each, you know, quadrant as far as taste and nose and finish. But man, oh man, it's good on every, uh, around every corner. It continues to surprise me for being a two-year rye. And honestly, even now, you know, the last sip I took was about 30 or 40 seconds ago. And I'm still just getting this little hint of spiciness at the bottom of my throat Mm -hmm. that's
0: just pleasant. It's very warming. Like, it almost feels like, I don't know how to describe it, Brad, because I feel like it's bright enough to be like a summer whiskey. But it has that warming effect that you want in like a winter whiskey. This is just something that I would pull down off my shelf. At any point in the year, I will say I would not use this as a mixer at 90 proof. It is still kind of thin. And I think that the the notes that you get on it are subtle enough that you don't want to cut them with something else or it's really not going to stand up in a cocktail.
1: I, I would totally agree with you, Bob. There's a lot of subtlety going on in this young whiskey that you don't
0: want to mess up by mixing it with anything else. Well, Brad, this has been really fun. It's been good to hear from some people about what their favorite distillery in their area is. I hope that we can all give some local distilleries our business as we continue to get through this new reality that we have with this COVID crisis. I'm happy to shine a light on Minglewood and on Watershed as well.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that I've learned throughout this you know, pandemic and, and kind of the crisis that's going on Is just how important it is to believe in local people, Mm -hmm. um, to build relationships with people in your close geographic region and and to be present in their lives. And and I think that distilleries can play a large part in that. You know, if you live near a local distillery, go check them out. Go on a regular basis. Buy their whiskeys. uh, Get to know the people there. I, I think you'll be surprised at how those relationships continue to sustain us throughout our lives. Just find people who help you understand who you are. And I I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with some of these local distilleries.
0: Well, that does it for us today. We are so happy to be able to talk to you guys again. We will be back on Monday with a regularly scheduled episode. But until that point, it's time for us to sign off for the Film and Whiskey Podcast. I'm Bob Book. I'm Brad G. And we'll see you next time.